Welcome back to their episode of Key in the Lake, the premier whiskey podcast without the mention of whiskey in the title whatsoever. We are back on a, almost a third or fourth episode in a row on a field trip, and we are back at the lovely Fountainhead rooftop. Word. Wilson yeah. Torres, you're here with me. Hey, young world. And I think I might actually introduce myself today. Yeah, you should. You Hello, never do. I am Jake Cookie. Jake Cookie. <laughs> Jake, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing okay. I'm doing it, great with a Stiegel in my mouth. Oh, I know. Well, I guess next to me, not yes. in my mouth just yet. Just yet. Not wait, yet. wait, wait for it. Over there. there. Mm. <laughs> I rest it back on the Stiegel. <sighs> Placement. So yeah, we are back at Fountainhead to record to see how Chicago is, you know, shaping up after reopening its bars for the last two weeks or so now. About, about two weeks we've had. About two weeks. Yes. We opened on twenty sixth, I believe, and today is uh, Wednesday. June eighth. My dates are July. July. Time is. I know. I knew that didn't say sound right at all. We also have two guests with us too, which we'll introduce. Might as well now. What do you think? I think we should. All right. Well, with us once again is Bob Zacharias making his fifth appearance on Key in the Lake. I might be. Bobby C. Approaching. Well, Callum was on vacation. Maybe you can reach him up in double digits there. I was thinking about that. Yeah. He can enjoy the Dominican Republic. I'll. I could take his place here. I don't mind that. Just stay down there. I mean, that's if they allow him to come back. All right. If he flies through Florida, who knows? Yeah. Actually, I think if you fly through, if you connect through, you're okay. It's just a matter if you've been been that. Boarded there. I think if you be in that state for 24 hours and then come back. But yeah, but also, how well, are they enforcing that? <laughs> right, it's a tricky, tricky thing. Well, welcome back, guys. Well, thanks, thanks for having us. Thanks for hosting us. Thanks for coming and hanging out. Thanks for hosting us for our podcast that we're hosting you. Thanks for letting us host. Host. Yeah. Also with us is Samu Ran of uh, Gluns, who is a key yes. key account manager, selling some delicious beer all across Chicago land. Indeed. Um, my first visit, so I've known you, Wilson, for many years, years, years many at moons. this point. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, debut showing here, so cheers and appreciate the well, opportunity to well, priv- privilege to have you. Jump so in along. We always this see is exciting you bouncing around. Oh it's yeah, exci- yeah. Exci- I mean, I've known someone for for quite some time now since my days at Cobalt. Indeed. Um, yeah. And we um, we always see each other out in the market, and we always drink together when we are come mm-hmm. together somewhere or bump into one another. But I'm really excited because. This individual has such tremendous diction that <laughs> I just put me I right, on the right on the spot. Yeah, yes. I strive <laughs> to get my English to that level. <laughs> All right, well, good thing you've got a pop filter here. We're going to be hitting those T's very sharply. We are very much professional podcast. Oh, you'll, you'll hear it, guys. You'll hear it. Yeah, you'll hear it. He's tremendous. Just a very just. It's it's lovely to talk with you because it's it sounds lovely and it's just always informative and it's always fun to, to be around and, you so and I'm, somebody I'm who's really who's really um indoctrinated into not only the chicago to the chicago beer scene but the chicago restaurant scene and, yeah. and spirits as well and mm-hmm. really somebody that uh when we were chatting and um said so i'd love to you mm-hmm. know i'd love to do have a podcast with samu on and yeah. um he could put in some good insight in terms of what uh how the chicago scene is shaping up yeah. as well so because we haven't had anyone from beer except from kevin and the crew from beguile on um no one directly i Not guess one directly um, so this is we had really a few cool. people that day at um the long room that were Oh, using yeah. pseudonyms. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. Yes, yes. Communal venture. Yeah. Let's go back and see if I can sleuth out who those were. That was, that uh, was good. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what his um, fake name was, but that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. And we also had some other people there from the beer scene that just didn't get so on. I'm not sure if we ever had anybody else from Dreadford. I don't believe so. No, I don't believe so. I've asked Kevin to come on to talk about their setup that they're doing over at yeah. Beguile, mm-hmm. along right. with someone else in the neighborhood from Malt Row to kind of get the whole feel of what the yeah. – Bar scene, what the breweries are doing. Tap rooms, um, right. Tap rooms, yeah. yeah I the murals and where they're sourcing all the rest. Yeah. So many things. But that yeah. being said, 
walk us through what we're drinking. Yeah, please. Uh, and certainly, then, yes. Uh, dig yeah. in a little bit about who you are. Not not drinking whiskey on a hot Ooh. afternoon outside. No. This just I seemed mean, appropriate in many it's, ways. It's, it's, yeah. a, great, it's, it's a great call. Yeah. Um, it is truly. Um, it's one of my favorite beers. Uh, we are having uh, some lovely half-liter mugs on the appropriate uh, Plattdecke um, coasters <laughs> of the Stiegelpils, uh, which yeah. is um, one of the preeminent breweries of Austria, um, mm-hmm. based in Salzburg, been around since the year 1492. And this has become sort of the beer that they're known for in Chicago, certainly, um, and radiates out to some other markets. Um, but their flagship, actually, is their Stiegelgolpreu, which is their Märzenlager, but that's a different story. Anyway, the Pils that we're <laughs> drinking is um, just about 5% um, traditional uh, golden lager, um, a very refined, noble hop-style bitterness to it. And so they, there are obviously an infinity of Pilsners in the world, but some of the things that have made this one really stand out um, is it's, mm, this is sort of a cheat code, ongoing freshness by virtue of being a beer that Chicago's really latched onto, mm-hmm. um, and no small credit in that to Fountainhead, which calls this their house lager and nice. um, a number of other fine establishments. It is the only other uh, only beer that has been on tap since day one really? that we have opened. No shit. Yes. Truly, I'll yeah. drink to we, that. We have been, it is <laughs> quite a pedigree. And there has been maybe one time in my working yeah. here where where we happened to run out of Stiegel Pills draft, really? and it is it was. Heartbreak. It was a dark day. It was dark a dark, day. Dark, dark, dark day, yes. much like the day you lost those glasses, almost broke yes, those glasses. Exactly, exactly. These hallowed Stiegel glasses. Um, but uh, the other aspect is that it's a family-owned, um, privately-owned brewery. Still. 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 Uh, it has gone through uh, different hands, but the the ownership uh, of it now is maintaining their focus on um, this slow brewing technique and sourcing their materials, uh, the Rohstoff, so to speak from the immediate region of where they were based. Mm. Um, thus, um, the malts, the water comes straight down from the Untersberg, which is the mountain you can see just looking out through the brew house. There are mm-hmm. these floor-to-ceiling windows, and you can gaze up onto the mountain that oh, provides wow. a source of this water. See where the water's coming uh, from. The hops are all farmed from, yeah. uh, from local regions. You've been back. I have. After, uh, after years of just Mm, fantasizing about wanting to make this happen. <laughs> mm. uh, it would have been great to go together, but yes. finally was able to go with your brother. Yeah, with my brother last year. Oh, um, on your trip to Europe last was, year? Yeah, oh, yeah. We, nice. woke, okay. we literally woke up uh, the morning after Oktoberfest, and <laughs> and I, my brother is getting out of the shower, and I said, what's going on? He goes, we're getting on a train, and we're going to Seagull. I said, let's go. And nice. it was just nice. on a whim, and was able to get there and have lunch. And, um, and we just popped in. Um, Claudia, who was there, was a... Uh, great ambassador and good relationship with my brother and, oh. and our company and she met us and we were just we were just hey if you're busy you're busy but she said hey we'll meet you for lunch and kind of impromptu tour and it was awesome. uh i you know it was pretty pretty amazing uh, it's like uh, joking when people say they're crying in their beers it's yeah. like i had a there was a moment there oh, yeah, you know? yeah I mean, absolutely working absolutely. with this company and uh, pouring the beer and supporting them and you know there was something that was pretty it's pretty unique about getting there the and the process of it and mm-hmm. seeing it and um, 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 um. A, little urban, a little urban flair. Short little technical delay. And Bob got to charge his phone. It's, it's a little warm. And turn fans warm. on. Yeah, yes. get a little breeze. A Stiegel. Uh, a little, a little breeze. Stiegel, yes. Basically, what they're doing is keeping up with. Uh, 
not ancient times, but times from far and lost where there was regional breweries basically in little every little county, village, and yes. using all the sources around them to create exactly. uh, their beer. And it's, it's still that way uh, throughout um, much of the Germanic countries, but there are a handful that either through uh, acquisition by conglomerates or through just organic growth, much as with wine or whiskey or anything like that, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. that have achieved something of a um, an international presence. And sometimes, too, that can also, uh, just by, by virtue of these single-minded champions, somebody who goes and visits a distillery or brewery or a winemaker mm-hmm. and says, what is it going to take to get you at my place? Gotcha. And mm-hmm. if you can be as much of that champion as some people can be, then that profile can build up. To your question, though, the cylinder yes. glasses, right? Cylinder oh, glasses. Yeah. yes. Um, and they were the... The point threes, the Stange. Stange. Stange, I believe. They, now, there are half-liter cylinders as well. Some people, my brother being one, prefers the cylinder okay. half-liter. I like the handle much. Mm. I do, too, except it's making it a lot easier to... <laughs> I'm already Power like... Through. Is the wrist action going down your mouth, making it go down your mouth easier? I, yeah, it is. Truly, it is. Because like when you're, you're tipping the cylinder, mm. so you're being careful, in a sense. Right. Like champagne. Yeah. Whereas okay. this has the weight. So Whereas this has a weight. I've already worked hard enough to get it up yeah, this yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking yeah, thirsty. It, yeah. Pour it down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Try try the point threes. Uh, these uh, Stange, it's, it's, it's um, a term that's also affiliated with um, Kölschbier from Köln. Uh, these point two liter, very small cylinders. And Stiegel has made them into point threes. But they have this sort of light little mm-hmm. yes, curvature. Little, yeah. Yeah. Which yep. can, depending on bit. how you drink from it, really maximize the flow and give you a little uh, bit of a surprise kind of see then I would it's, totally it's genius and beautiful now yeah. I want it's a bit beautiful uh, these, are mm, these are a little bit easier to pour yeah. too Makes from sense. from the from the bar side mm. these are a little bit easier than okay. the um than the cylinders just by virtue of being wider at the mouth yes, right? yes. <sighs> yeah. but the better are those traditional half liter cylinders those are the really classic ones half yeah. liter cylinders half liter cylinders yeah okay. Becher. Yeah. how did your infatuation with beer begin Oh goodness! If I can uh, call it that. Uh, <laughs> it's it's sort of it's equal opportunity consumers. How I generally describe myself. Minus right, vodka. Right. Sorry, minus vodka. vodka. Minus vodka. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> darn it! We just lost all our vodka yep. listeners. Uh, yeah. Samu yeah. will not be wearing a shirt that says "Just Add Vodka" anytime soon. No, no, I will not. <laughs> uh, though I do like Ambrosias. Yes, uh, it's that's that's a, okay, it's, um, it's a great shirt. Would you wear a face mask that says "Vodka Sucks"? I would not. You know, it's just it's I, nothing against clear spirits, Akavit gin, all for that, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, it was actually before I even liked alcohol at all, yeah. was watching documentaries on the History Channel, which was one of the few television channels that actually came Still in. Still watch. And uh, there were all these, how it works, and mm-hmm. the history of blank. And there were some that were on fermentation. And just from a, um, a chemistry standpoint, not that I was a great chemistry student, <laughs> and then the way it tied into language and art and politics and history and all sorts of other things, mm-hmm. um, it was very intriguing, even... Again, when I had no idea what separated mezcal from tequila or lager from right. ales. Um, and yeah, that's probably the, the genesis of it. And then had friends by the time I was of interest who were several years older. And um, they would just be feeding me things and mm. slowly sort of realized, uh, I don't need to have this Stella. This is the so-called champagne of beers. Yeah. Well, there are some actual mm, champagne style beers right. what is that so nothing against Stella as well Miller High Life um, it is a, a massive presence within Chicago and uh, actually also the Glunt's portfolio <laughs> but uh, there are beers that are made champagne methods that I'm also interested in so yeah, yeah it was uh, just a long swath there's a beer for every moment and as we're obviously just 
crushing these loggers on the rooftop. Yep. Great. Would we want a 12% Imperial Stout right now? I don't know. Maybe we would. <laughs> but <laughs> a bold choice. For the, for the moment. For the moment. Yeah. This is Short story ideal. Long. Yeah. This is perfect. Um, yeah, it's, it's as much the, the history and the language piece, mm-hmm. uh, just the, the culture that's shared amongst it and things that brings people together over, over a table yeah. like this. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was just a bit easier to get into beer than it was wine, which I loved, and spirits, which I loved as well. But the world-class level of a beer is $7 for a half liter. World-class value for a spirit is generally not going to be at that same level. No, seems to be going up in price a little bit. I've heard <laughs> that prices are going up. You would know better than I. Just a little bit. Just yes. a little bit. Yeah. Just yes. a tad. Just, just a tad. The, the market so is tariffs saying now too. Oh, right? the tariffs. Oh, yeah. I mean, even. I mean, it's it's yes. Yes, the tariffs are one thing, but then also here, what we're also competing against is that secondary market, where um, a $25 bottle of Heaven and Hill's new Mm seven-year should be $25 everywhere, but it gets bought up and it gets put on a secondary market. Now you're paying 50, 60, 70, 80, so on and so forth. We're still competing with that. Plus, the online platform now Plus is adjusting the to the secondary price. market where they're yeah. right. putting those bottles at those prices. Correct. And so is re- uh, retail, just your regular, you know, right. run-of-the-mill retail where you mm-hmm. walk in and buy, out th- buy it off the shelf, but they're not even on the shelves. You have to ask somebody, mm-hmm. what do you have in the back? And unless you're a really valued customer, they're not going to tell you anything. Correct. Which is up to their own discretion to do so. But I was just looking on a website. I think it was in Oakland, San Francisco area, and they were actually selling – Everything the Van Winkle family from eleven hundred dollars or more. <laughs> it's insane. I, I know. Insanity. I know. Right. Do you see? So, my my guess, I could be wildly off base here, is that some of this online secondary market started in um, mm, events like concert tickets and mm. and sports. Uh, with T Live. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, do, do you see much cross pollination? I see it within beer that people will buy these really hyped, oh, double yeah. dry hopped IPAs and then trade that for BTAC stuff, even though they have no intention of drinking either of these things. They're just essentially sort of trading from the right. paperclip up right. to a house. I hear you. Do you mm. see this mm. happening at all between whiskey back the other way towards beer or towards things like sporting I, events and I concert tickets? I haven't really seen it with uh, trading across alcohol cultures, I guess. Right. I yeah. see mostly a whiskey to whiskey Correct. or yes. cash in hand. Right. Uh, right. The Blum yeah. Brothers yeah. talk about how um, the old fangled would go oh, for yeah. 150 out the door. Some would be waiting at the door, give that guy $300. Okay, I'll get to his car. The guy would give him $600, and he'd go sell it for $1,000 in the market. <laughs> I mean, it it's gets crazy. It's, it's, it's house flipping, really. It's yeah. what are you yeah. willing? Yeah. And what effort win. are you putting to what willing? What effort are you willing to put into it in order to get what you feel is fair out of it? And I know, I know, the prices of on whiskey have just skyrocketed exponentially, right. but it still seems like it hasn't really met the market demand yet at the face value, right? Mm. So, what is stopping more whiskey producers from just absolutely tripling, quadrupling their prices? I know I've seen some of these again that have gone up. 100% in a short period of time. I think that's time, what you're talking about with Stiegel is that family value to it where they still have that connection back. They're still, even as these distilleries get sold off or repurposed or re, uh, re-evolved, whatever you want to call it, um, traded from portfolio to portfolio, a lot of times a family member comes along with that and they still have a little bit of control. I mean, that's at least what the Van Winkle family will say. Um, we're not going to compete with these secondary prices because we still believe that our whiskey should be for everybody. Yeah. We can't control it once it goes out our doors. Now, do they reap the f- benefits of it? From <laughs> <laughs> sure, the lore and all right. that. Oh, exactly. they do. Well, yeah. the, the lore for sure, yes, uh-huh. of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, as, as you mentioned, it's one of those things like the secondary market is just 
it isn't really for the everyday drinker. It's for the collector. Right. So there's a specific culture, with a subculture, if you will, yeah. within mm-hmm. the whiskey culture, which is you have collectors, you have drinkers, you have traders, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you I, have the novice and so on and so forth. I have friends of mine reaching out that I have a friend that I, I grew up with. I probably first met him when I was six years old and played baseball and mm-hmm. went high school together. And we kind of go our separate ways. Yeah. And he lives in Michigan. And all of a sudden, he's, he's you know, hit me up like – Looking for I'm looking for this bottle of bourbon. I'm looking for this. Anything you got that you could yeah. sell to me, and I'll drive in from Michigan and I'll pay whatever you want wow. for um, you know for E H Taylor or for your Weller 107 pick or other things like that. And so it's interesting how I see how like you know how there are like that kind of sub the collectors group and um, and how many people are involved in that and how yeah. how it kind of like brings people kind of back together a little bit almost too like a. You know, cool. it, can, it, it does have that it does have that romanticism to it where it's like you can always get together over a bottle of booze and everything pours out of you no pun intended while <laughs> drinking that bottle together but what's really interesting that I find is that even when that happens and if you're doing it at someone's house and they have a collection <laughs> they're very specific as to what bottles they're willing to what's part on? with yes. Yes. than what yes. you know I'm like come on Right. How good yeah. of a friend level am I? Yeah, exactly. Right, like exactly. Right. Yeah. Am I eighteen year old friend? Come on, we're Facebook yeah. pals. Oh, since I've got two thousand and I've got a twenty five yeah. level, twenty five year level yeah. friend yeah. coming over. Yeah. you know, right. it's something I, I. To me, it's it's silly. It's silly to me. It's silly, but I. You know, I also work with it. I'm around it yeah. all Correct. the time, so I, right. I have a little bit of a different perspective in that in that on, regard. On that point, for me, it's kind of like there's certain <laughs> bottles that were bought as gifts or received as gifts that I want to drink with that person. Of course. Yep, absolutely. That, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yes. so I think there's... there's that's l- fair. But I, I know what you mean when you're saying, like, oh, you have a bottle of Blanton's, let's just say, which is an easy example right now that everybody's after. You mm-hmm. can't get it right now yeah. until probably, hopefully, the fall, maybe. Who knows, with everything going on. Um, if someone opened it, I would say a lot of collectors, even if they had five, six bottles sitting there, they'd probably be pissed off if some friend just opened it. Yeah. <laughs> right. One of five bottles and started right. drinking out of it. Even they said, hey, yeah, drink whatever you want. Well, like, yeah, and then they see those bottles over the plans. Right. bottles. Yeah. Why, Why just hide them then? Right. That's don't what I, don't I, put them out to show and then be like, no, so, oh, don't do open that bottle. We just take all you know, our bottles just, we want to drink at that party and put them on the kitchen counter and say, drink out of these bottles. Right. Like, we don't care mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, right. Just tuck the others away. It's like, you know. I have a I have one bottle like that. That's it's our original uh, Glen Farkless Ferd in the Spay oh, nice. pick, um, I mean. and it was signed the owner George, technically owner's son George Grant was in mm-hmm. town and signed it for me on my birthday, Very and nice. I haven't opened that and that, but that it's not like I have like in a mantelpiece for everybody to see, <laughs> right. and then I can't open it in front of anybody. Do you anybody. think once it's you do open it, you'll drink it all in one sitting? I I don't know why I didn't open it after the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah, that's a good point. Probably because you thought they were going to go back to back. Yeah, maybe. Because like, well, like that would. You know what? Should we go break into the regular right now and watch that's the a practice? That's very good point. I really thought they'd go have. back to back too. Personally, you had they probably would have. Right. <laughs> I, was I, ba- I was at bar in Buena. You just could have come on down. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. I remember. I broke my rosary mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was watching the Cubs win, and I'm like. I broke my rosary. I'll get another one for next year's series. Oh. <laughs> it's that one's still in the box. I thought. haven't taken that one out. We were walking down. We went to the stadium after. Walked down from Bar on Buena. <laughs> and we were walking on Addison and going west towards Clark. And then all of a sudden, with all the heap of humanity, we were all of a sudden walking east on Addison. Yes. 
but not touching the ground at all. I was I was there myself. I experienced that exact phenomenon. I was at Sheffield's. It's like yeah, it was like just and, yeah. mosh pitting without wanting to mosh pit. Yes, oh. yes, a sort of motionless. Well, you yourself were motionless. <laughs> right, right. But as a collective, this just sort of <laughs> block of flesh, just going in a direction you probably weren't interested in going. No, <laughs> just picked up and all of a sudden heading in the opposite direction. You're and like, to think, oh, how did that happen? we could have been <laughs> drinking Ferdinand Spey at Bob's. Right. To think. Gosh darn it, Bob. It was a that was a that was a weird night too because the bars essentially shut down if you weren't inside the bars. Yeah, if you after weren't inside, you were right. shut out from the par- party. And it was so pretty called. late because the game with the extra innings and the rain right. delay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, really couldn't. I remember we were standing in front of Redmond's trying to get in, and I go there a lot to watch games. And one of the bars, or one of the guys in the behind the bar was working the door. He's like, "We can't let anybody else in. I'm, I'm the last person that was stopped." Oh, like, right. ah, darn it! It's been a capacity for hours. Right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was after the celebration. This is like at one one thirty in the morning. Probably. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Or at least oh. one. Man. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, gentlemen. I stepped away for a second. Did I miss here? Jake, did you say, were you at Bar Bueno? He was Bar Bueno for the yeah. Game 7, yeah. I was at Bar Bueno really? for Game 7 Whoa, of the World it, Series. How has this never came up? I, how have we never talked about this? Were you watching or working? Well, I, we was, back since, I was, which is why. Te- Helping? Technically working. I was right. the general manager at the time. My assistant manager was a, was a champ, and she just said, if anything... If we have to throw somebody out, I'll come and get you. Otherwise, you watch the game. I have to give kudos to your staff because I was the last person let in the bar. Really? I was at Koval giving a tour because some asshole wanted a private tour. (laughs) And wouldn't I will say his name was was Derek Koval. (laughs) (laughs) And he would not. It wasn't even a private tour. It was our, our scheduled Wednesday night tours. And I did the tours on Wednesday nights. And everyone's like, I emailed the Why group of people. I'm like, hey, and these people sign up, you know, weeks in advance or you know, sure. a few days in advance. Yeah, and do. it looked like we were not going to win the World Series anyways, or at least go to a game seven right. um, after game four. F- yeah, yeah. So people, I email people after game five. I'm like, all right, um, if game seven happens, I'm not going to be there. I assume you won't either. Mm. Everyone's like, yeah, duh. Of so this one jerk uh, <laughs> emails me back, and he replies all <laughs> He's from New York. Ah. Even worse. Even worse. He's, he's in town for a business trip. He had, like, his wife and three other employees with him and replies all to the email. Before I could even reply back, two other people on the email chain that had already canceled the tour were like, dude, are you serious? It's game seven. Like, you're going to make somebody work during game seven? And he would not step out of it. He's like, I'll buy a barrel. I'll buy this, blah, blah, blah. Okay, there is that. So I was like, all right, be there at 5 o'clock. You're out at 6. And he kept staying. It was like 6.15. <laughs> I, get in the, I get in the Uber at like 6.20, um, get over like, to Bar and Buena, and my friends were, I've been there for two hours already. Right. And they're like, oh, I'm like, hey, my friends are here at this table. They're like, oh, yeah, they actually, I've been, I've been waiting for you, and I was the last person let oh, in, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Good. Look at that. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe that's Four never, years I can't later, believe never come up. Still a five, yards, five stars rating for you. Five stars. <laughs> drank a lot of, uh, what was I drinking that day? I think, uh... I think half acre of some sorts. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I feel like I was drinking some yeah. half acres. Maybe not. It was no. quite a day. No, you know what I think I was drinking? It was Thunder. No, Daisy Cutters. Yeah, it was Daisy Cutters. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But someone we were with, who was a friend of a friend, he left during the rain delay to go home and watch the end. Weak. Obviously oh, didn't make it home. Fuck that. No. no Twicker, Twicker Park. I was no. like, oh, no, I was like what are you doing? Right. You might as well yeah. spend the night somewhere. Yeah. I, he, was, he ended up watching it on his phone with, like, terrible reception in on the on the blue line. Oh. That's what you get. Yeah. Yep, that is what you I get. I agree. That's what you get. You deserve I don't, I don't that. I don't know why you would ever do that. So, in regards to uh, your position with, with Glenn's, right. 
um, and knowing you for the, the time that I've known you, I really commend your palate because you, your your palate leans allows itself to go from beer to wine, wine to spirits, and I've always been. Um, appreciative of when you give my spirit a chance or when we just talk over spirits mm. in, in your position how is beer holding up to the domestics that you know were the, the craft breweries are you know competing with during this time right now the ambiance of the city rooftop it's urban baby Chicago. I hit that was the uh, I hit the Jeopardy uh, yes. question. That's Jeopardy <laughs> double double right there. Daily double 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 whatever. Uh, Daily double. There you go. Thank so you, brother. So. Are you Appreciate asking about how the 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 local craft scene is holding up, or how the local craft scene or the craft scene has, or the historic craft, Stiegel, for instance, hmm. has adapted to the domestic category? Correct. Um, they, for a number of years, tried to run away from it okay. um, because there was. The conception that um, any sort of lager was weak or bad uh, or just wasn't worth the premium that you would have to pay if you're going to be buying a craft beer and there were so many other flavors to explore that the domestic category had not had an interest in Um, so it started uh, modestly um, ambers and reds and hefeweizens and things like that with a lot of traditional styles yeah. offshoots of lager I mean, there was this basic pilsner or helles lager category difference being really just the pilsner being a little more bitter than a helles lager in the most reductive terms um, but uh, yeah it was these these traditions from history uh, the English brown ales German hefeweizens that were um, styles that had been around for centuries and then were brought back into the fold of American craft brewers since they at that point hadn't really had as much opportunity to experiment and find their own way. And there were some, um, uh, any number of legendary bellwethers that preceded the the generation that we currently think of as the godfathers of craft, uh, namely people like Anchor, Sierra Nevada. Mm -hmm. Um, Even before that, um, Pete's Wicked Ale, Ballantine, there are some others that I can't even speak to necessarily. and they were sort of poking at these edges. Um, and then with groups like Goose Island here in Chicago, uh, Brooklyn uh, Northeast, uh, Sam Adams, of course. That's your big um, Deschutes. Summer, yeah. Deschutes, also part of that class of 88, exactly. Also includes Great Lakes. Um, Rogue, a little Rogue bit is class of 88 Nine? as well, okay. actually. Yeah. Um, and their flagship beer is still one of those old oh, school styles, like great. the Dead Guy. Dead it's a Maybach style ale, which is not really even a thing. But anyway. That <laughs> <laughs> so guy is what brought me into this whole industry. Yeah. Really? Uh, and yeah. cheers oh, yeah, to it. It's, about it yeah. it's, it's made its way back. Uh, it's it, it the magic of, of new packaging and, and yeah. some innovation. It does extremely well through the, through the market. Yeah. 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 And kudos to you for, for seeing something that some people would say oh that's played out but seeing mm-hmm. new packaging and saying new formats yeah. and styles that they're coming out with and saying oh that's yeah that's worth another look and seeing the results um it has come full circle though after these pendulum swings towards extremity um at one point everybody was just going for all the biggest sticky barrel aged stouts right um bourbon played hugely into that and mm-hmm. i think is one of the reasons why a lot of beer nerds have also become whiskey nerds is because at a certain point it wasn't really thought like of at all that gateway entry yes uh now that there are barrels that are specifically being called out um mm-hmm. a lot of heaven hills being used hell, yeah. um, but goose island has been really big in isolating identifying this is elijah craig or yep. whatever it is 50 50 Truckee brewing from california they've been very specific about that they've had 
Um, they've had Pappy finish on some of theirs as really? well, actually. Yeah. Wow. I don't How know that they've had that. Oh, these were going back, I think, before. Well, I would assume before Pappy was yeah. Pappy or <laughs> Grandpappy, as it were. Um, but yeah, that's fed into it a little bit. And then all the weird double dry hopped IPAs. Um, everything just goes, even before both of those, just bitterness, just mm. bracing bitterness like the stone, what they were doing, the West Coast IPA. Right. And now it's um, just go back to Sunday morning cartoons and how much sugar and weird sort of sticky milk adjuncts <laughs> can you put into it. And the more things that are gummy sort of sparkles, right. the faster people line up for that. And references to ska bands. So uh, ska go. bands right. and, yes, Megazords and all sorts of stuff like that. So, so how, how Shake is, Bros. How has craft grown yes. up in this city then? Uh, it has taken its time. It is a little bit of a latecomer. To, to, to briefly capstone that, yeah, piece, is that please. finally, at long last, um, craft breweries have figured out the value of lager, both because it sells right. mm-hmm. and because they've started making good ones. At a certain point, the craft breweries were not making very good lagers outside of certain mainstays. Um, Victory, um, uh, mm. Firestone Walker. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, they make some lovely lagers. Um, uh, Live Oak down in Texas uh, make incredible lagers. Uh, ABGB, yeah. uh, also in Austin. But... Um, yeah, and also just the volume that it can get. If you can turn out a good lager, price it decently, you're just churning these 15 packs of 12-ounce cans all day instead of maybe somebody pulling off the shelf once every other day mm-hmm. a bomber of your really expensive right. bourbon barrel aged right. bar- barley wine that they're also going to sit on for the next two years. Right. So um, that was a condiment choice about four years ago in the industry, Julie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then insofar as Chicago's b- space, a bit of a latecomer. Um, there were some... Very early presences. Uh, of course, again, Goose Island was one of those. Beta Brow was another one of those. Oh, um, there were some yeah. some regional breweries. Uh, Capital, I think, um, like the all the different Brows, whether it was um, uh, Hubie Brow or Meister Brow or some others that I'm sure I'm mispronouncing or misremembering. <laughs> but then um, Half Acre was definitely one of the early major yeah. entries. Uh, and Bob could probably speak to this better than I, since he's been in the field longer than I have. But uh, being a bit of a latecomer, as well as being centrally located, as well as having access to a lot of great barrels from Kentucky, has made Chicago um, a powerhouse now, since at a point when it didn't really have that many breweries, but it was available to many markets. Uh, places that had a very developed scene, whether it was Seattle or San Diego, would look at Chicago, or Michigan, would look at Chicago and say, aha, I have something for that market. Mm, gotcha. And they would all pile in. Um, and that was why, at a certain point, even when I was starting, everybody was chasing Loganitas and Stone and Ballast Points um, yeah. and Allagash and Floyd's and Founders, uh, Great Lakes, were all doing exceptionally well. Right. And some of those breweries are still doing very, right. very well. And now they're even here have a presence in Chicago. Indeed. Uh, mm-hmm. But there has become now a homegrown scene <coughs> that has built up to the point where Chicago has more breweries per capita than anywhere else in the country. Right. Uh, that's goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> Just well and, Just and, and and certainly the the focus on hyper local and supporting local yeah, yes. Yes. has yes. become such a prevalent Ooh, aspect and, and neighbor and, local and like, neighbor like, neighborhood yeah. local yeah. and um, to an extent while I mean I one of my the first year I worked here we had Tony McGee from Lagunitas he was playing guitar on our rooftop hmm. eight years ago and yeah. um, and Barn Brain was supporting Lagunitas you know way back in 2005 yeah. and um, but to an extent, then there becomes the, the supporting smaller brands, and we yep. always want to be behind that. And as a local, uh, you know, local beer scene grew here in Chicago, we yeah. we realized that our we can we can do a lot more for some of these brands right. 
you know, and I've, this isn't speaking to you well, but, you know, Lagunitas doesn't need Fountainhead anymore. Mm. Yes. To an extent, they would, Sadly. right? Sadly. They, would, they, would, they would probably push back on that. But in terms of pure volume, you're right. But this is Listen. this is one of the great beer bars in the city. It's one of the great whiskey bars in the city. It's one of the great rooftops in the city. It's a place yeah. that they don't need to be in terms of money, but in terms of want to be. Right. This yes. has to be towards exactly. top of that. Right. Yeah. So having you two here, I mean, you guys are touched on a subject that uh, segues into the question at who influences who. You being, mm. Bob, you're being the on-premise. <clears throat> Some you service both, but you see you know, servicing when you see both sides, yeah. who services who in, in the beer culture? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Go first. I mean, I think it's certainly, I think it's a, a collaborative effort um, okay. in terms of working, get, uh, developing relationships with breweries. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly the quality of the beer need, needs to be there and we go through that process. And I think there's a, the support level could or should go both ways. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and I think, by a, there certainly is an aspect too of how well the beer sells, correct, and how many people are coming back and seeing the tap handle and mm-hmm. and the pull through and um, and that always is, is helpful on our end too to see that. Um, yeah. But other breweries that you know that um, that are going to come in and they're going to hang out and they're going to want to talk to people about their beer and and giving customers another level of exp- of, of an experience mm-hmm. yeah. to say like, oh, I just happen to be sitting next to the owner of Beguile and was having his beer and just chatted with Kevin and, you know, yeah. and that, and that's a really cool feeling for customers. And so I he think won't tell that you he's the owner of Beguile though. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it <laughs> might come out. It's going to be about a year and a half to realize so, that he's oh, really? the Beguile <laughs> while going to Beguile every Friday. Well, if he's wearing Beguile socks and wearing a Beguile shirt, <laughs> which is very likely, yeah. you might suspect something's afoot. Uh, I wish that were the case for me. And I've no, sp- spoken bad. about before on podcasts um, with guys like Beguile and seeing them grow and, and wanting yeah. to support them. And it, yeah. th- there's something again. There's a there's a community aspect and a feeling. And so I think it can I think it can go both ways in terms of who supports who and who drives who and where right. those things. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that. At the at the places that really are the best places, and mm. there's of course that ebb and flow of high image, high volume, both. Uh, and then that other kind of almost unspoken spoke of that wheel, which is where do you actually like to be? Ah. And um, when all those things come together, you have Fountainhead. Uh, but sometimes there are places that essentially just give you a piece of paper and say, all right, tell me what I need. Right. And sometimes that can be very successful, yeah. but it's hard to really develop a relationship and then connect to the level beyond just the retailer. And if you can, as I'm sure both of you have experienced here, um, if you can have that experience with both the uh, the buyer or the program manager uh, and develop a relationship there, but then also be sort of not passed through, but given access through to the uh, the customers themselves and the regulars that they have fostered so that you can touch on both of those points, yeah. that mm-hmm. can be really rewarding. Um, and in some sense, at least from this position, uh, I try not to push too much to assert a role and will find out what level of openness someone has to suggestion. Mm. And some people are much more open to suggestion than others are. <coughs> and sometimes those people who are very open to suggestion actually don't run a very good program mm. because they don't know. And they really don't even care to know. Mm. It's those people who care to know and learn and have their good ideas that they give back to you. It's much right. like any conversation. If it's dominated by one side, if it's them telling you everything they want and you not having a word in edgewise, it's not going to be very rewarding. Yeah. Even if they are bringing in good stuff, 
you might have something else that they really should give a chance and would succeed, they're just not open to it. And then the other way around, if you tell them all the things that you think, mm -hmm. you're not getting that exchange back. And there are always parts of somebody's portfolio that they could be doing more with. Mm -hmm. I know for sure there are things that, when I speak with Bob here, that I know he's interested in this, he's interested in this, likes this brewery, we don't talk about this brewery as much. Stylistically, this is not foremost on the radar, um, but there's always an open door. Mm -hmm. And then after I've thrown some things out, he'll come back with something else. Okay. And that exchange I find to be, yeah, most most productive. You also have a staff willing to know about the products that are actually on tap sure. or mm -hmm. in behind yep. your bar too, yep. when it comes to that sense. And when you have that crossover of people who might be affiliated or working with some of these establishments, um, a sister location to, we were talking about Buena earlier, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, they do extraordinarily well with a very small local brewery called Aleman that has achieved some national recognition through a homebrew competition that they won that was sponsored by Stone and Two Brothers. Um, but they're still a very, um, a very independent bootstrapping organization. Um, but since some of the people who are part of Aleman are uh, very much regulars and just mm. sort of of the family of Buena, okay. it means that they do phenomenally well. And so too then does the off-premise location right. right next door. Uh, and that's how these little pockets yeah. can grow. Because you, you drink it here, pick it up there. Mm -hmm. which, yep. yeah. And with the Kevin story that somebody told is next time you're in, whether it's that little corner store, it's Target where you can find their beers <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. That's true. You might still say, oh, I know that Kevin Carey loves the fried chicken at Fountainhead. Yeah. There's the blonde. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll pick that up. I'm gonna go down there and ask him that after he, this, I, I after think this he conversation. Does, I think yeah. he's mentioned the fried chicken here a couple More two three once, times. For sure. Yeah, More and we've sure. we've <laughs> talked about how like bars can't masquerade as a whiskey bar, and likewise with a with a beer bar too, mm -hmm. unless you actually are really allowing to adopt that knowledge which you're talking about. Exactly right. And does, do you think the breweries make places like this, or could uh, the Fountainheads and other great bars of Chicago exist based on the amount of independent craft breweries that are going across the or coming across from the entire nation? Mm. Uh, uh, it depends a lot upon. Uh, sometimes it's right time, right place. Yeah, there absolutely. have been, there have been places that did not start, and are were not known as great beer bars, but either through uh, new ownership or a really committed and invested um, beer program manager. Yeah, they have built it into something else, uh, and whether that's because they f they educate their staff or they foster a relationship with certain suppliers who then become regulars, who then by themselves, by proxy, educate the, reg um, educate the, the patrons. Mm -hmm. um, or in some cases it is uh, a distributor or a supplier mm. who goes into their local and says, man, I know that this is just the place that I come and hang out and have a tall boy time to time, yeah. but have you ever tried <laughs> this? And then it's this slow growth yeah. and suddenly a place that opened as a random neighborhood bar becomes a major craft destination yeah well i would say places like wrigleyville you see some bars happening like that um like merkel's for example has a really nice mm -hmm. tap list of craft mm -hmm. breweries that's a very good point but yeah. when they first kind of transitioned over to that i went in there and asked for um I go, do you have anything beguile and the guy's like what's that i'm like beguile he's like how do you spell it he's like so i spelled it out for him oh. and i'm like it's literally made up the street right over there and he's like i've never heard of it and he's like, and literally, I this goes back for like a couple, like a minute or two. I say it three or four times, beguile. And he's like, "Are you fucking with me?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the owner of the bar walks out, and he's like, "Guys, man, the bartender's like, hey, do we have this?" 
Beguile. I've never even heard of it. Is this guy really for real? And he's like, he's like, yeah, you idiots. Made a mile up the street. Wow. <laughs> and they didn't have any on tap or any or any cans. Sure. Um, I think they do now or did at some point after that. Um, but it shows you the growing pains and the transition from mm. what you're known as as a as a bar in Wrigleyville, probably selling selling a lot of domestic light beers, yep. to transitioning over to a 24 I think 24 taps at one point of craft beer, and will you be able to sell that? A lot of things help help with them too. Was they went back to some um, some really great Iowa craft beers that that were there from and started selling that was popular uh, here, yeah. uh, popular here in Chicago as well. You know, like your pseudo Sioux of the world, yeah, sure. exactly. That speaks to, to, to your credit to go in there and ask for something that you don't see. If it's a place that you like to go, and don't be afraid to ask, right? right. And I right. think also then one piece I might have missed is the fraternity of, uh, of bar owners and yes. the way in which they speak to one another. Since right. the folks in Merkel's know the folks at Very Sheffield's. Very good point, yes. Right. And Sheffield's has been carrying that torch longer than almost yeah. anybody in Chicago. Right, absolutely. So for them to talk to their friends at Merkel's and say things like, you know, you should probably find out what's going on with this Bell's Brewery or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that probably plays into it as well. Do you have those yeah. conversations, Bob? I, I apologize parts? that I've to, had to run out, guys. I'm no, dealing no, no, with cool. a service CO2 bulk tank issue. Yeah. Sounds about right. And yeah. uh, I heard a niner in there. They are finally, <laughs> they are just swapping out the entire tank, which makes oh. me makes happy. Progress. Yeah. It's been progress. A, been a, yeah, a bit of frustration for the last while. That's cool. Almost since they installed it. Yes, <laughs> pretty much since they installed it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pretty much since they installed it. So I remember hey when you first showed it off to me, you were really tickled. Yes. <laughs> and then I think almost immediately the next week, came in and you're just like, like Bob said in the last episode, he's just uh, pulling back the veil of the dream of running a bar and restaurant. Oh, I've got I got a good story for you guys before we before oh, please. we oh, yeah. Yeah. leave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all right, sorry, we'll just jump right into it. it. Yeah. So, uh, so last night, you know, nice night. We did have a uh, full seven o'clock seating. Nice um, reservations are all booked up, and uh, we had all the bar tables filled as well. Um, it's about seven ten. We're getting everybody seated. First drinks are coming out, and uh, the person who was working at the market comes over. and says, Bob, the the two front coolers in the market are like. The lights are flashing in them. They're kind of going crazy. I'm like, it's interesting. I go over, and sure enough, yeah, their lights are popping on and off. There's no temperature reading. I'm like, all right, let me make sure it's plugged in right, everything else. I'm digging through that. Right as that happens, somebody comes over like, oh, Bob, the uh, the exhaust fans in the kitchen just went down. Mm, uh, kitchen's real smoky. I'm like, all right, that seems more immediate. Let me run over there and <laughs> check that out. Uh, as I'm looking into that, and now I'm like, all right, now I'm looking at breakers. Let's see if there's something that's tripped. As that happens, the bartender and server come running down the stairs from the roof and go, uh, Bob, we, I quit. we just, uh, yeah, right. Uh, Bob, we just, uh, the, the server station POS just went out uh, and the music's off. I'm like, Okay. Uh, Sounds like a deep state. So, so check. Uh, so start checking breakers, going through everything. I then determine my um, my glycol machine is off, which keeps my beer cool going to the roof. Um, our kitchen coolers are down, yet the lights are all functioning. Um, the POS station that's behind the bar is functioning, yet there's no internet. Uh, half of our bar coolers are on. The wine coolers off. It was um, this really bizarre situation. Also, this so that now this is about 7:20, right? Oh, oh okay. So I'm timing. checking this stuff out. It starts raining. <laughs> <laughs> right as right as, and we are in a almost entirely outdoor space. Right. Um, our indoor dining is not open yet, so we don't have anything to do with gas. So now we are without most of our power. <laughs> um, our coolers are down in the kitchen. Our yeah. dish machines are down. So now we can't 
properly clean or sanitize anything. That's okay. That's something and it starts raining. And it starts raining. So it was uh, what they call a perfect storm, I guess. Uh, and it was... Uh, <laughs> Somebody called So it there was a show. little bit... So what, uh, what ended up happening was um, there was uh, a line down the alley that fed one of the transformers um, that overloaded and melted out. Mm. Um, and so it was a phase of a transformer that went down that knocked out power to half of the building's in most of the neighborhoods. So our wow. next door neighbors, oh. our next door neighbors, half of their power was out. <laughs> but like one, fo- one floor power was on, but the, but the top floor was totally off. How long did it take you to figure out that this was the problem? Uh, maybe about 20 to 30 minutes. Oh. Now, I, I, w- once I figured out like, all right, it's the fact that some things are working and some things are not, it, it can't, like the internet was working in the market, but it's not working mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I know... I know the, where the breakers and what goes to what. I'm like, this doesn't make any, it didn't make any sense. Right. Um, and then um, one of the women who works at the nail salon next door came over and asked if we lost power because they did too. So once multiple places yeah. are losing power, then it's not a, to me, it, it wasn't a yeah. us situation. Yeah. This right. was a neighborhood right. situation. And unfortunately, there wasn't a whole lot that we could do about it. Yeah. My beer's about to start pouring warm. We can't, hmm. we can't run in any food nope. um, because our coolers are down. Um, so it was an interesting, and then my other mention was ninety degrees last night. Yes, as well. Yeah, so it was an interesting, uh, interesting few hours. Uh, <laughs> and then my my bulk tank out back that just got replaced was making very loud noises that was causing my next door neighbor's two year old child to cry hysterically. Um, so I was doing so. That sounds perfect. How it was did, fun. How did and you think you want to work at a restaurant? <laughs> right. yes. or, uh, you know. I'm trying to think what I would have done in the circumstance. Maybe if somebody finishes their drink, you can now just get whiskey poured into your pint glass. There you right. And then right. uh, go get some sandwiches from Slim's mm-hmm. and yeah. some bags right of chips. Yeah. What, what did you do? I'm, I, so I, I was going to ask you how things have been, but I don't think uh, I don't think <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> I think I'm going to refrain from and, asking and, you. And that. Yeah, and, and you know, <laughs> I mean, we, do, we 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 rolled with it, and we we're you know just and it's it's a bit of a strange uh, experience when you're le- le- letting guests know right. that yeah. that your power's out, yet your lights and fans are working. Because uh. you're like, but your lights and fans are working. Yeah, of course. We, yeah, we you know like. We get it, but we're not just making it up. Right. Yeah, <laughs> this right. isn't. Trust this us, is not our. This money. is not our ideal yeah, situation. No. Uh, so what we what we did was anybody. Well, it did start raining, so any guests that you know didn't want to be think in the rain. Do- dollar beer night seems like um, right. Just give me up fast. We did stop. We were just let anybody who was coming to know. You know, we are dealing yeah. with a power outage um, in the neighborhood. Unfortunately, our kitchen is down. Um, what we can offer because our canned beer and cider cools are working. We do have canned beer and cider mm-hmm. and spirits that we're happy to offer you guys. Um, freshly stocked too. We've got <laughs> yes, freshly stocked. We've, we've got some. Ones. We've got <laughs> we've got some snacks and things from the market. If you want a bag of chips, we're happy to do that. And um, but unfortunately, we were very limited in what we could do. Um, so um, let the rest of the seatings play out. And then once we discovered that the that the power wasn't going to get fixed until at least midnight. Uh-huh. Um, by about nine nine thirty or so, we have to close at eleven anyway. So yeah. by about nine thirty, was yeah, just had cool. to shut it down. <sighs> not to mention we're in a pandemic. Uh, of course, yes, yeah, we're in a pandemic that. and trying to do all those. How did safely. customers react to that? Uh, I think overall it was positive. I had there was actually a couple here that they've been regulars for years. Uh-huh. Uh, we know them pretty well, and you know they're like, we feel bad for you guys. Like That's we're good. we're That's sorry this is happening to you guys. Like yeah, this it. is the last thing you need is to essentially have a full seating just get wiped out. Right. Yeah. And anybody who you know may have been upset that we didn't have food, you know, ho- hopefully they're understanding. And we try to just explain the situation as yeah. 
as politely and, and as as clean and as possible and yeah. transparent as possible and some things are out of our control and in that situation that was somewhat pretty much out of our control absolutely yeah. someone was mentioning a uh, fraternal uh, brotherhood that you guys have as, as as gms owners of your proper establishments you know how you guys talk to one another and, and whatnot um i was curious to know what what has been the rumbling between all of you you know amongst the you know as you see each other or maybe come together or what? Yeah, I think it's always about sharing experiences and how... Currently, how, how you know, these last two weeks, you know. Right, and how um, any indoor experiences are going right now. Yeah. Um, as of now, we are not offering... We don't have our indoor dining right. open, neither does the Bar Buena. Um, mm-hmm. We are um, we are working on that and, and, mm. and looking at that and planning on it. Um, obviously, even since the last time we spoke on, on a podcast, there's right. been a lot of changes and... Um, and spikes and um, and there's been you know in talking to a good amount of people in the neighborhood and you know uh, there's been some hesitance on on indoor dining um, and we want to do it the right way and make sure that everybody um, my favorite phrase is safe and comfortable yeah and, yeah, um, yeah. and do it and do it the right way and, and make sure that it, it, it's viable um, for for customers viable for the staff viable for our business mm-hmm. and so yeah. that's that's kind of the Working that out and talking with other GMs and talking with other business, you know, other yes. restaurants, and, yeah. and s- that's why I thought having Samu and would have, mm. you know, great, great insight. Frankly, he has probably sees more places than I do, virtue yeah. of virtue of business and working. I was actually going to pose the same question to him. Yeah, you yeah. know, what, 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 what he sees, yeah. and me and Absolutely. him chat about that and bounce things off each other too. So. Yeah, uh, it's it it does vary somewhat because there is such a range of spaces, of course, that people maintain. Some of right. them are these. Um, largely enclosed indoor pl- spots that historically people have loved to clamor in mm-hmm. and be press of flesh and all the rest of it. Um, but they're also those places where they're known and celebrated for their big open spaces. Mm. And yeah. it can be a bit of a feast or famine. Um, but it doesn't seem right now that almost anybody's very eager to be indoors, right. particularly in places that don't have Ex- uh, a, a very good airflow. Mm-hmm. So uh, yesterday I was at uh, the Globe and mm-hmm. uh, they uh, have had a good amount of indoor seating since they were allowed, but they are uh, very specific about the um, the places where people can sit um, and the range that must exist between them. Uh, can open up all the front windows and the front door and they also have a side door. So even if you are in more towards the back of the bar, you do feel as though there's a good flow. flow. Um, on the other hand, I last night had to go down to the West Loop, and just driving through that was an education in what not to uh, do. Not to do. Ah. And I'm sure there are a number of establishments there that are doing it just to the letter. But uh, at least where I was, that was not the case. Is that lines or just looking, peering in the restaurants and bars? Both. I, I went into some place to assist with something. And had I not needed to be there, I would not have hmm. wanted to be there. Mm. So it then goes to what those different communities are comfortable with, what they what they really even believe, um, which itself is frustrating, but another topic. The, the broader <laughs> point being that overall, it has seemed that regardless of what one's structure or build is, that there has been a, a similar percentage loss. And this actually speaks to the taproom side as well hmm. uh, when 
Um, restaurants were doing well with takeaway. Tap rooms were doing well with takeaway. Yep. When things started opening up and patios were very successful, uh, takeaway just went way down, right. not only for restaurants, but also for the tap rooms. Uh, and now that indoor seating is open, there are a couple places that are all right, but on the main, it hasn't quite been as extensive as it could have been, okay. which is maybe a good thing in that in the long term, hopefully, or the not so long term, medium term, it allows for a steady and sustained reopening as opposed to these peaks and troughs that we've seen in some other markets. Understood. Yeah. And this is a tough question I have to ask for all of us to kind of come to face with because um, we all work on surviving in bars and restaurants, especially you, Bob. Mm. But do you think we should even be open as a society? Uh, in terms of... Indoor space. Indoor spacing. Indoor spacing. It's, it's a tough question because there is certainly a, 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 a business aspect to it, mm-hmm. but that's not the most important yep. aspect to it. Right. The most important aspect is is everybody's safety and, and health, health of our staff, health of our customers. Um, when you see or you know hear about even even locally, you know a couple of places that um, uh, have exposure uh, mm-hmm. to coronavirus and then and then need to close everything. Yep. That would that would right. be required. And so there's a a balance of of making sure that. Um, that our staff and that and that customers um, feel safe about coming into our space. Certainly, with us having the outside, we are at a, at a bit of a different. It's, we're not completely dependent on the indoor on the indoor dining, and given the capacities, and you know, we are looking into. I might have mentioned this on the last podcast. We're looking into opening up, yeah. getting into some new windows that open up to the streets. It allows more airflow into our space. Mm-hmm. We're looking into all those options and how how it makes sense for everybody. And, and I don't. Um, it's it's tough because I because I have still been working. I've been coming in, in contact with people and have yeah. have assumed um, a risk um, that I have to kind of take myself out of that equation right. personally, right? And look at it um, sometimes from from the from the professional aspect of this makes sense for everybody else. And the yes. last right. thing we want to do yeah. is to do something where we open up inside very quickly um and then somebody gets sick and it's yeah. and, and that could not be and that, and you sometimes you can do everything to the letter right and that's what we we want to do everything to the letter correct and, yeah. and it doesn't you know it's it's hard when you're you know it's it's an, an invisible sort mm-hmm. of thing and it's hard to i, I don't know i'm not sure if, yeah. if i'm not sure if indoor dining is the right call right now given that um Given the, what we're seeing in other markets and other states, right. um, now of course those other states were more completely open. Yes, yeah. they were aggressive. They were yeah. they were very <laughs> aggressive. I know, I mean, like, I but when you hear Fauci go in front of Congress and say <clears throat> that the last thing we should do is go in, into a bar right now, there's there's thanks. That's you know thanks, like, but yeah. also yeah. actually yeah. thanks. Yeah. But also right, right exactly. Right. Thanks, but thanks. Yeah. Right. Uh, and you know it's it's, I mean, it's so much to handle because as a country we just didn't take it serious enough over the last four months as collectively as a city we did um as a state i think we kind of did as well we but did very well um you know I, m- I made a personal choice of not going to a cousin's wedding in iowa next month because they never shut down as a state mm-hmm. and it's not that i don't love or respect my family or trust my family they were safe but i don't know all 150 people that are going to be there right. mm-hmm. and then what i might potentially bring back and my dad who already has a hundred underlying health condition would might affect him do i bring something back that way and yeah it's a five six hour drive but at the same time i'm not going to risk that because yeah. i feel yep. like right now if we all put masks on when we're in public and 
take it safe that way, it's better helping the entire country in our future. Yeah. And, and the, last, the last thing that anybody wants in terms of from a business perspective is for right. us to reopen early and then we go back to down. Go back to and then, right. well, and, then, worse and then the outdoor yeah, dining gets shut down, God forbid, or some, right. something like right. that, you know, where we see a spike in cases. Like the, yeah, in and Florida and Texas, we're closing bars and restaurants mm-hmm. after being open. Right. After they spent all this money to reopen and restock Correct. and rehire. It's an initial investment more than what we see as a consumer or as a visitor. Very much There's a lot more behind it than just... Mm-hmm. opening your doors yep there um, are places that i've seen that have done it very well um mm-hmm. uh victor bar uh love them yeah oh, great yeah. cocktail yep. yeah, they Those brothers. that place whatever i can do to just yeah. trumpet their name i will uh and it's a small it's a cozy space right. it's not the, it's the kind of place that specifically is <laughs> is at a disadvantage because of this yeah. but it's also one of the places that i think is more poised to handle these limitations in a thoughtful way Mm. Um, since they have enough space that they were able to build out these specific enclaves Mm -hmm. by virtue of being a cocktail bar you're there you're probably going to be sitting with a smaller group right Mm -hmm. it's not going to be rabble rousing and just meandering around and throwing each other up on the backs (laughs) (laughs) Um, but as a city you can't really put that in as an ordinance mm-hmm. right you can't say no. this feels like a bar where people are just going to chum around I was thinking about that how do you how do you do that exactly sit around thinking about that I'm like well uh, that's that's the hard part right. yeah. well and even I don't know how when we're done. here so, and, and then I guess as a question once you're yeah. done is no. as suppliers then how do you approach then coming to the retail right. side oh yeah and where have you felt comfortable or do you and what is the response that you've gotten from people Oh, I I still go do business. Everyone's doing business. Everyone's still doing business. Now, I'm not being an ass or I'm not trying. I'm not trying. I am not going forcefully going into places. Hey, you guys are doing well. You guys can have this extra thing. It's more a checking. Yeah. Hey, how you guys doing? Do you need anything? Not good. Not a good time for you. Better yet. When will you can't even ask when is a good time. (laughs) You know, so it's a matter of just... When the time is good, I'm here. Correct, yeah. Right. Well, let me know when, when you're ready to talk. Here's my card. Here's right. a little sample pack, you know. Yep. You know, try it out. Here's mm-hmm. a couple... S- you want to do it now? No? <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of you're those sure, things. I <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're respectful. You, yes. you know, you, you, you keep in mind that, as Jake, you know, leaned towards, it's like, it's not just about me. And it's not... At the right. end of the day, it's just whiskey and beer and wine and so on and so forth. But I still go out... It, as if it's business as usual in a respectful manner. So I'm not doing 12, 15 hour days. I'm doing (laughs) Mm -hmm. less than that. But a lot of it is just making sure everyone's good, Mm -hmm. making sure everyone's happy and and comfortable, as Bob would say. Uh, And to his point, a place like Victor Bar, these smaller places I feel for my local little bowling alley, Timber Lanes is a is a family yeah. owned business. It's been family owned for Bob's thirty place. plus forty years, and um, but it's it's a eight lane. It's a it's a smaller it's, it's so a smaller small. house. It's not. <laughs> but and speaking with I know owner and the family very well, and speaking with him, and I he's he's putting in all the measures that he can, mm. whether it's buying thousand dollar sanit several thousand dollar sanitation machines that go into the air conditioning that they turn on every 20 minutes that cycles the air and Mm -hmm. it goes through a sanitation process in the air putting eight six to eight foot uh barriers in between lanes separating the front of the lanes from the back of the lanes doing these things to try to 
do everything he can. Yeah. Um, and then yet a lot of people still don't want to bowl inside right now. And, right. and it's understandable where even one of my leads are a, a lot of a uh, good amount of folks that are older that have underlying health conditions that don't they don't feel don't, don't feel can't take the risk and I and mm-hmm. I totally understand that too and it's but I I you know it's it's a tough it's a, it's a tough thing to navigate. It no, it definitely is, and we saw that. Ooh, think it'll go off anytime soon. Oh, there we go. All right, uh, a very thoughtful neighbor. They knew we were, we were recording. Yeah. 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 Let's make the presence just, just two or three. Honks. It could be the flag we're flying right now. What flag? Steagle just flag? trying to paint a picture. Yeah, Steagle flag. flag. They know. No, I think it's some, and it's much relying on the patrons too to be responsible when they come back uh, to bars and mm-hmm. restaurants and be respectful of the staff. And you know, if you're gonna tip sta- well, if you're gonna tip well, tip well. if you're gonna tip stand well. in a line, wear a mask while you're outside. It's <laughs> not that difficult to do. I'm not sure why we're so uh, apprehensive to do so. I understand like the whole civil rights thing when it comes to giving up any rights and giving it to the government, but I think we're I think we should be beyond that at this point because Isn't in a culture that. A superheroes so much we'd be excited to wear Ooh. masks <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was saying in the last podcast I can't believe that people yeah. that are committing crimes yes. are not wearing masks it's shocking right. you're like, you're opportunity missed you're trying to rob an ATM but you're not even wearing a mask right. and it's culturally acceptable to the hundred and a million percent <laughs> you want to be to wear a mask. be bane yeah you want to yeah. be sub-zero you do you right yeah this yeah. is your time right. <laughs> shocking slacker uh, really. it is it is a surprising amount of people that they are they're all eagles and when yeah. right like i have to have a mask yeah they're shocked it's easy and i just you know and while we also believe in these guidelines yes but these are the guidelines we're given and if we don't follow yeah, right. them we get shut it's down right. your choice lakefront i mean there was a, a boat cruise got totally yeah. shut down this this past fourth of july weekend mm-hmm. i mean that's they got shut down was it one of the uh, that's oh. right yeah. no, i remember really yeah. I remember yes. that because they had like hundred something people on a boat no no rental boats yeah it was i remember that i don't know you know i saw one yeah, but they, you know, um, and I mean, their city was going around last week. I mean, there were, I think there were, they didn't say which place, but there were over 10 places that received $10,000 fines. Yeah. And, and rightfully so. You know, yes. bad actors, you know, these Why bars. don't they say? They should say. They put the names. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't. They didn't say the name right. of the of the establishments. They did say the name of the crews. Indeed. And last time there were citations, they did not say who no. right. were given those citations. Do you yeah. think that's necessary? I think it'd be, a, I think it would, why not? Wouldn't yeah. you assume that some of these establishments too will eat that ten thousand dollars to make a hundred thousand dollars if they could in three days? They might. Well, it sure. The over all day, over all day weekend. But Lori most recently had said that yes. if you're if you are in issued this citation this time around, you will not be opening right. soon. Right. Yeah, so yeah. it's not as though it's we just, just don't taking know when that soon she is. Said, she said that we would, in the foreseeable future you would not be open. Oh, uh, as a specific establishment. Yes. Gotcha. Not as a city. Right. Oh, okay. So if yeah, you were okay. identified as, as having broken these rules, okay. right. you're yes. in timeout. I don't yeah, know. Maybe she yeah. set a threshold of like, hey, once we get past this, yeah. we're out. We're done. We're closing. Everyone mm-hmm. closed. A few bad apples. A few bad apples. Correct. Hmm. But on a light, lighter note, if I may, Ooh. because I'm, I'm sure we're coming up on, on the hour, beyond the hour. Yeah. Samu, I know you have an... A musical side to you, Ooh. <laughs> and I'd like for you to share with us your musical side. Uh, <laughs> there, are, there are layers to that. <laughs> Pull out the instrument of your choice. <laughs> <and start playing. laughs> well, lucky for you, I have my draw harp here today with me. No. Uh, actually, the draw harp I think is one of the first instruments I ever learned. Really? Learned to play. Um, but uh, I could go in a that could be a very long story. But actually, to make it somewhat related, industry related. 
um, the way in which I fell into the alcohol industry was when I thought I was still going to be in the music industry. Mm-hmm. And I was living in Sweden at the time with cousins who were very gracious in allowing me to live on their couch for months at a time. Nice. <laughs> and I was in um, Copenhagen interviewing with Sony uh, to be doing media management for their, um, their, their, their sort of music and media subsidiary across the Nordic region would have been pretty great. Five weeks paid vacation to start. Oh, uh, living in Copenhagen, one of the <laughs> best food cities in the world. Gorgeous people. Um, it's Gorgeous. just, uh, But anyway, um, that was also at a time when nobody cared about CDs and or DVDs. You were just <laughs> downloading everything. Yeah. And at that point, I was already interested in this category. And um, yeah, so through some happenstance that I can detail another time, had backed into it and realized that you can't download a beer and that was a much more consistently lucrative <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah. But at that time, had been doing uh, music journalism for a number of years, concert photography interviews, uh, and playing as well. Um, I think that year, 2011, yeah, I put out first full-length album. Um, playing a lot of metal, mostly. Um, different projects, different instruments, different numbers of strings, mm-hmm. um, different registers of vocals, um, different aspects of history or fantasy that are delved into but no audiobooks uh i haven't done the audiobooks yet no Gotta perhaps an audiobook, man. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> I, I have uh, a couple friends who've delved into that that world uh and actually i did contribute a little bit to an audiobook very incidentally a friend <laughs> who's a she's an, a she's an accomplished poet uh and an excellent writer but um before and even during some of her time being recognized for her original works uh sort of in a day job was reading audiobooks and apparently there is a booming business in Amish romance novels. Amish? What? Whoa. There's romance in oh, yes. Amish now? Amish Absolutely. romance novels. Yeah, they are hot to trot for this. Stop. Truly, yeah. I mean, Do the Amish buy these or tell their stories and then others write them? That's a good question. I think it is maybe <laughs> a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Oh, I love and it. There's it's so much that's really that's done sort of in the it's vernacular. It's kind of sexy in a weird fucking way. Right? I right. haven't read any of it, but she did send me a list of words. It's using quite a bit of, okay. quite a bit of Yiddish. Oh, and I don't ah. speak Yiddish, but there's some low German in there. Yeah. And speaking German, she said, just here's these list of things. There are going to be some very peculiar combinations of words that may or may not be titillating. Probably not, because it's for the Amish, to <laughs> sort of the non-Amish sensibilities. <laughs> so I just read her back a list of all these words as best approximations as I could. Love and that's it. as close as I've come to audiobooks. Still, dude. Maybe wow. it's, maybe Sorry, it's weird. You're in the scene. Amish you asked about metal, novels. and you heard about Amish romances. Yes, right. I love it. Here we are. Oh. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. That is this great. This is kick-ass. But, uh, maybe but you, I'll, but maybe you I'll bring some... Band. But you are in a band. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, several, few projects. Yeah, several. Kind of, yeah, uh, if there's one good thing that. that Plague has done, it has helped bring some of those back out of the closet since really? they've good. been well, that's I'm that's here good to hear. in, in hibernation for too long. Yeah. Uh, if I could ask, I was thinking about this. I don't think we talked about this in the last one. Yeah. yeah. Go around. Favorite moment. If, oh. Favorite moment. Oh, okay. It's not, well, there's no lot of favorite moments, but uh, if there was one positive out of quarantine, oh, out oh, of yeah. pandemic, what, what would it be mm-hmm. for, for each of you guys? Uh, Good question. Just to stroke your ego a little bit, Bob. Um, <laughs> uh, last Monday night, you were gracious enough to host me and a bunch of friends, including Wilson. Yeah. Uh, some of you were here as well, I believe. Indeed, yeah. Um, Briefly enough to say and we, Maplewood. That's, that's right. right. And it was the first time I had seen about six, seven, eight of my friends in three months, four months almost approaching there. And just being able to be outside, 
have some beers, have some good food, have some good conversation. Um, it makes you think about those friend, those friendships you do have, and not take them for granted. And mm-hmm. I've been, I've been reaching out to a lot of people a lot more, I guess, mm-hmm. throughout this entire thing. If it's even just texting, um, but even like, I never Facetime my family. I hate Facetiming. I hate Zoom already about stuff. But I uh, <laughs> was doing more of that with my family. They would mm-hmm. call me, and I would be reluctant to answer but then the wife would say you should probably answer after the fourth time they tried calling <laughs> you <laughs> might be an emergency um, but definitely I, I, I'm, not, I'm not just uh, saying it because we're here but definitely it, it was that moment of being able to come back and seeing friends and you know being safe too it was uh, we had tables and there was one other table set up by us and once that couple left you know you felt that you're going to be like breathing on anybody or talking over anybody or invading anybody's space most yeah. importantly um Definitely been that. I mean, uh, when it comes to like the podcast, we've been doing two podcasts a week, pretty much the entire quarantine versus just yeah. one a week, which is great. Um, I was just about to say I haven't been incre- uh, flexing my creative muscles that much mm. during the po- the quarantine. Which this counts. Yeah, and it does. It, I mean, when you have to sit and edit an hour and a half of conversations <laughs> and right. hear yourself. You just yeah. want to shoot yourself in the head, but <laughs> yeah. um, it does. Uh, it has helped a little bit with that, I guess, when it comes to the podcast, when it comes to speaking to more voices over Zoom and connecting with people maybe you wouldn't have before. Or mm-hmm. what, well, even this guy's from Dornick Distillery that I'm buddies with, and, you know, they come over maybe maybe once a year, once every 15, 16 months, and having those conversations online, having those international relationships still progress was always really great, too. Yeah. Wilson? I've just been, I've been, I guess, relearning. Okay. I've taken the time to oh, uh, relearn, reflect, reset. Yeah. If I may, you know, in yeah. a sense where um, I've, although you know, for this pandemic, obviously, w- what we all know of it has brought us, you know, a morale down in a sense. So I always I feel that that could be corrected within each of each of one of us. So I've always tried to keep an up positive uh, perspective of it. Um, where I've relearned what I learned from Jake, what I learned on my own, what I wanted to learn. Mm. And then I've reflected on what I've been able to achieve with mm-hmm. it outside of the industry and personally. And then I realized that I'm like, you know, I haven't done anything personal that I really wanted to achieve. So I started working on that. So, um, so I've been All able right. to work on some personal projects. So yeah. some of them, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, there's some things that came out right. of, from, you know, you took out of the closet in a sense that, man, a little bit, a little dusty. Let me brush that off. Let me reacquaint myself with that. What was that for you? I, for me, I, I want to start, writer? no, I want to start my own brand. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I want, I want my own brand. Yeah. All right. So, you know, so I've done some. Wilson whiskey. Yeah. Not necessarily that way, but it's, it's, it's more of a, my, my, my previous life was, is based around community, Mm. building community, using, uh, tech technology, uh, from my previous positions and previous lives. Um, and I've brought that over to the spirits industry after taking some time away and to, uh, again, uh, rest, reflect and reset six years ago. Um, and I did that again these last several months and I've realized that I'm like, it may come to fruition, but it may not, mm. but who says I can't, yeah. you know, at least do the groundwork, do some research. So mm. I've done those things and I've just been really, I've just been very grateful. I really feel positive of, of a lot of, I still to this day, I'm optimistic, I should say about what's going to mm. come of this. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us as business owners, as GMs, as representatives, as brand ambassadors and so on and so forth, even just citizens you know, in, in your immediate community or nationally, we will find 
a we will find something within ourselves that has surfaced that we will come away from either tickling or actually truly engaging and, and bringing to fruition. So I've been really, I've been very grateful. Nice. Very grateful. Great. That's well put. That's well put indeed. Uh, Best moment or moments. Dovetailing into that a bit. Um, there have been a, a, n a number of really pleasant and just memorably warming kind of moments that I've been able to spend at places like this or some yeah. of those, those other spots that have maintained some measure of staying open during the um, during the uh, uh, during Fine. the shutdown but I think more so than anything I would point out the most memorable which I don't know would have happened without the shutdown mm. and that was the degree to which the entire society has responded to the national protests mm. um, oh. and about at this point three weeks ago when there was massive rash of yes rash well rash sort of implies a bad thing so mass rash of lootings but also the the very the upswell uh, the groundswell of protests right mm -hmm. um, and the the way in which that was um, predominantly peaceful and it captured so many people's attention so immediately because there weren't as many of the things and daily distractions going on it was right. easier Good to point. either a be at home and just watch mm -hmm. um, or B make that explicit decision to go out and be that much more diligent about it right. as opposed to just happening to be out and seeing something gotcha so uh, I won't say that I was downtown in the thick of things on that Saturday where <laughs> sort of Chicago was in the national eye but I did go down the next day on that Sunday and it was eerie how uh, it was empty things were uh, there was still so much, um, uh, so many boards that were being put up. Uh, the bridges were up. Um, there were protesters there, but there were also people who were there to, to come and see, right. in a sense. And that level of, um, of it's, a, it's a very singular kind of presentation. Uh, it's, an, it's, an, it's a living image in a way, mm -hmm. uh, and just phrases like the bridges are up or Lakeshore Drive is shut down. Yeah. Uh, or taking a picture of a window that smashed out on Michigan Drive. Um, that sort of thing, again, I don't think would have happened without this yes. broader shutdown happening. And for the impact that just it had on me, um, to some of what you were saying about rethink, reset, reevaluate, but then also clearly has had on a much broader society, uh, is something that I hope has both very acute, uh, deep, but then also much longer lasting influences as well. Mm. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. We'll yeah, excellent way of putting it. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we've, uh, we've all learned. A, we've all learned a lot, and I definitely think without us being able to sit and reflect, people wouldn't have understood that there is pain outs yeah. happening outside of their own little worlds too. It yes. really mm -hmm. can be a part of the change, not just be a part of uh, watching and viewing it, or mm -hmm. not having empathy at all, or maybe having a little bit of empathy, but a little bit. have a complete understanding of what's really occurring um, systematically in this country. Put your own struggles you, in perspective. I know Bobby Z's got a good one. It's uh, got to be a good I know one. it, man. Oh, no, I just, you're buying, all those things. You're building a bowling alley. What, what Samu just yeah. said. I knew it. I knew it, man. We're adding a bowling alley. We're adding a bowling alley. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think what Samu said was was perfectly stated and, and totally so just on a different level of that. I think the reset, you know, kind of look at, as I have two afternoon beers at two o'clock in the afternoon, mm -hmm. but, um, you, you know, the reset, the, the you're looking at, um, 
looking at overall health too and, and oh, kind of what you're mm-hmm. what you're taking into your body and trying to um, change yourself and get better at whatever you can do um, rekindling a couple of relationships and then kind mm-hmm. of like you know the I never I hated FaceTime or a Zoom right. but, but doing a couple of those I did one or two of them that actually were were very um, uh, it was like wholesome and it felt mm-hmm. it was like uh it was a good thing it was like oh restorative man. Res- yes yes and uh you have an instagram now too don't you i, I do oh, yes, yes. 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 And what's that handle what's that, what's that handle? handle again Bobby Z? uh bob underscore zacharias 10 bob. there's maybe don't five five posts it's brilliant but that's all right you will, take your they time will, with those they will build <laughs> yeah. um, make sure they matter and so having a couple of those those things that did happen that came away with that being like wow that it almost felt better than if I were to see these people in person, mm-hmm. like in person, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. It was, it was weird. Actually, it was weird how, how, how that kind of affected me and again, rekindling a couple friendships and relationships. Yeah. Right. Well, you're a very emotional, you're a very, you are a next door neighbor that, you know, you can call, you are that dude that's going to pull over if he sees your hazard lights flanking. That's just who you are, Bobby. So I can I understand that. how that's it. Yeah. You are. You're part of the fabric of the community, not just through the. Rock. Yeah, you're there, ah, my man. You're I there. I appreciate that. Yeah, brother, you're there. Or a literal fountainhead. Yeah. Oh. Good setup. It's like you're a co-host. We're working <laughs> right. on each other's right. better. Right. And the last dance. Oh. Of course. See, of course. I'm indifferent about the last dance. Oh, I. L- it was, oh no, time it was for a little bit Jordan-y, but I loved it. I will throw us out here to wrap things up. <laughs> As I mentioned before, we turned the microphones on that uh, for we are approaching 100 episodes for the podcast. That's right. And yeah. the what genius we, Brett thinking? Bauer that he is mentioned. Sagamore. Well, you know that the Kentucky Derby is in the fall this year on September 5th. Is it? Oh, yeah. That's right. It's been it's pushed moved. to the fall. Not in totally May. He's like, that. why don't you do your 100th episode party during the Kentucky Derby? Mint and juleps and bourbon for everybody. Yeah, sounds right. perfect. I think yeah. it, I think it might line. It would require a lot of podcasts in that short time. That's all right. But That's okay. uh, maybe. Well, what are we on? 80, 88. 88? 12 by September. That, that seems pretty doable to me. Seems like uh-huh. it. We'll see. With Callum in the DR, who knows? Well, I guess <laughs> Callum in DR. I mean, that's a lot. So well, we've got at least, now I'm just thinking about what is it? Five more with Bob though to get to ten. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. right. So you're gonna <laughs> do a ten minute episode tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Thirteen minutes on Friday. Uh, we'll think about it. I, I, it's a it's a date to push for. Maybe we do whiskey quickies in between or something too. Yeah, I guess what about eight, eight weeks? So you if have to one do one, 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 average more than one a week. If yeah. the one from a year ago got recorded, we'd be at eighty nine. Well, that Damn was it. that was your wedding, which. Jake celebrates his first wedding anniversary on Monday. Oh, July thirteenth! Right. Congratulations, yeah. happy anniversary! So Jake. many happy things happening That's, in July. Yeah, so many That's great, great. Appreciate it. Great, we recorded a podcast before the wedding, all the groomsmen yeah. and some buddies, but it didn't record. It did record. <laughs> <laughs> it recorded, but it was great. Well, it was you emotional. Grandfather that into your tally, yeah. Yeah. so you were one closer already since that one was technically. <laughs> Only my mic right. was working, and then like. All His mic was like just like a complete fuzzy, and I didn't have any headphones on me that day, so I wasn't checking the audio. And right. So is all the audio just you that you have? It's me, and then one of the mics is kind just of picking up something. Oh, post that. Yeah. Post that. Post and then, it. And then <laughs> it, I, w- I figured if I brought it to some technical engineer, they could probably pull the audio mm-hmm. out of it somehow, but um, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe that's for insider access or the exclusive content. We should have the Patreon. There we go, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what you get. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, before we start Isolated on, tracks. Right. <laughs> Someone, do you have anything that you want to promote? Any breweries that you were excited about? Anything that uh, you're showing to people of Chicago? Thank you for asking, actually. Yeah, and course. maybe this is 
uh, sort of a topic too that we can delve into at another conversation yeah. is that there are, given the situation, there are really not that many events or things upcoming that people right. would be highlighting. You're right. Um, just since it's kind of on my mind and here, um, you mentioned having been here last Monday with the Maplewood shops, um, uh, anticipating that uh, there really is not a whole lot happening with sort of so-called beers of the month, but yeah. um, Maplewood whiskey uh, spirits yeah. and beers are here at Fountainhead uh, frequently, mm -hmm. and, but particularly also all through July. We need um, to get Arg in the podcast. So there's some that would yeah. actually be riotous. I'm sure he'd be yeah. pretty intrigued yeah. to do that. Have you, have you had many of their spirits? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I've, well, it's been about a year. Which actually, well, um, the cigar and uh, indie spirit show. Oh, right. right. Yeah, yes. but yeah. I also had a variety uh, of them at one time. Since then, a number of things have been sort of officially released. So um, I'd be uh, happy to wrangle yeah. Bari or bring some some bottles myself. It's a sure. big conversation, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's something that's that's happening here. Um, we were drinking these Stiegels, uh, Stiegels. And there is a, a limited seasonal as well called the Stiegel Paracelsus. And that is truly God's writ. It is the nectar of <laughs> from above. And, is that here right now? Uh, it technically it is, is in-house. So if you come back soon, yes. you'll be able to get it. Right. We'll be on it this is, weekend. Uh, they're, they're unfiltered Zwickelbier, um, unpasteurized, <sighs> and just has all the goodly, bready, nourishing um, elements. It's, it's just, it puts the magic in you. Beautiful. So... Uh, started with Stiegel, Pils, and with the Stiegel pot of oh Those are a couple things I'd point Forget out. Nice. That's one thing that I really, I forgot to mention during my, I fell back in love with beer again. Mm. You okay. know, being in whiskey. I mean, right. we would drink our, you know, we drink our beers and whatnot. Like we go see Kevin, we see all our buddies and come here. But man, I've been able to try some f tremendous beers these last two, three months. So mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. So anyways, sorry, go on. No, it's, uh, <laughs> that was my two yeah. yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Come to Fountainhead. Yeah, Drink and co eat. come to Fountainhead. Come so to Fountainhead. do uh, reservations. Uh, go right to fountainheadchicago.com. Um, there's a little link there. Go through mm -hmm. our reservation site. We do have uh, tables that are available for walk-ins, so we certainly encourage you to, to pop in, and hopefully we get you seated. And um, Open every they, day, when, right? When the indoor – what's that? Open every day, right? Open every day, yep. Open every day, uh, 4 o'clock, 4 to 11, uh, Monday through Thursday. We open at 3 on Friday, 3 oh. to 11, oh. and then 12 to 11 Saturday and Sunday. We're still doing takeout, um, takeout from the market as well. Um, order online from there. Cocktails to go. Cocktails to go. We're working on that right now. Nice. Uh, we do cocktail packages, and we are working on cocktails to go as well. That that will probably be in the next week, uh, week or yeah, so. Great. On that end, we are doing delivery a few days a week too. Good. Um, all the information is on our site there. Um, and yeah, we're we're once indoor. You know, work on the indoor thing. We're working. We're Bob, working. Samu. Appreciate it a lot for thank, Wilson. Thank, thank you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Thanks thank you, gentlemen, for nice coming on. Wilson for Wilson Torres and myself, Jay Cookie. We are Key in the Lake. This is the Key in the Lake podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, I agree. Thank yeah, you for this goddamn summer and wear your goddamn mask. mask. <laughs> <laughs> cheers to that. Cheers. 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 Yeah, empty cheers. Empty cheers.